Hello and welcome back to The Social Disease. I'm Jasper. And I'm Bridget. And today we are continuing our journey into season 13. This is our second to last season 13 episode. But first, we just wanted to share something really cool that we did in this past week. So if any of you know Jocelyn Claiborne, like if you're a Degrassi fan, you probably know who she is. But she is basically Degrassi's biggest fan. And she also runs the Degrassi Kid podcast. And she invited us to be guests on her most recent podcast episode. Yeah, it was really cool. We got to meet her over Zoom and we just kind of talked about how we started. And we have like a little clip in the podcast. So you guys should definitely check that out. And there are a few other, I guess, like Degrassi content creators, like art is the best way to put it, also in the podcast. So it's like, it's a really cool episode. It was super fun to meet Jocelyn and talk to her and just nerd out about Degrassi. So definitely give it a listen. It's the Degrassi Kid podcast. And hopefully we'll have Jocelyn on as a guest on to here at some point in the future. Yeah, definitely. It was really cool to do this. So we want to, we got to pay that back, pay that forward. Yes, for sure. <laughs> but let's get right into it. So as we mentioned last time, we're basically closing out with the rest of the seniors of season 13. So we already covered the sophomores, Maya, Tristan, Zoe, Miles, blah, blah, blah. And we also covered Allie and those other guys that are less relevant earlier on. <laughs> so now we have the big hitters of the seniors. And that, of course, is Claire, Drew, plus others. <laughs> those others, wait. <laughs> Claire, Drew, Becky, Imogen, and Adam, of course. And these guys do a shit ton of things this season. So we're going to be splitting up basically the beginning parts of the season where Claire has cancer and Adam and his whole death and the repercussions of that. And we're just going to be focusing on those beginning parts of the season for this episode. And then we'll be doing the myriad other things that they do for the rest of the season, which is a whole hot mess. So we're going to do our best. <laughs> no, this was Jasper's idea. And I think it's a really solid one because otherwise this would probably be a three and a half hour episode. Yes. <laughs> but we're going to be starting with Claire having cancer. Oh, also have to do a quick recap of seasons 10 to 12 because we skipped or we didn't skip it, but it's been a while since we've talked about that. So, so rapid fire, Claire and Eli season 10 to 12. So Claire meets Eli, they get together, there's a whole Fitz thing, Eli almost gets stabbed, Eli starts hoarding, Claire's parents get divorced, Eli crashes his hearse and Claire breaks up with him, Claire starts dating her stepbrother, Eli goes off his meds and goes a little crazy for a bit, but then he gets his shit together, Claire gets abducted by a weed cult, and then she and Jake, her stepbrother, break up, and then... Claire and Eli get back together because they have both grown. Season 12. Eli does Romeo and Jules and he ends up getting into NYU. Claire gets sexually harassed by her boss at the newspaper. No one believes her. And then she finds a girl to like back her up, but then nothing ever comes of that ever again. <laughs> Jasper's pulling this all from memory right now. It's very impressive. Yeah, Eli found Cam after he committed suicide and he had a whole thing with that, but he started going to therapy and he's working through it. Eli broke up with Claire because 
Claire was trying to get him to talk about Cam and she was being a bit overbearing. And then they get back together at prom and have sex for the first time. But right around graduation time, Claire finds a lump on her back. And so that is where we left off with Claire and Eli. Eli graduated. He has like an internship or whatever in New York. So he's away for the summer. And Claire has a lump on her back. Okay. And so beginning of season 13, Claire and Eli tried to have video sex for the first time because he is away in New York and they are horny. But right as they're getting naked on camera, her mom gets a call from the hospital that Claire has been diagnosed with cancer. I actually don't remember what type of cancer it was. I actually have no idea. I was thinking about that while watching it. They really do not tell you, or at least they don't repeat it ever again. Yeah, I think they say it the one time when she first gets it. All right, you you go, I'll look it up. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, so she gets diagnosed with cancer and she immediately has to go to be an inpatient at the hospital. She initially tells Eli to not come and that like, she's going to be fine. Like she has a good prognosis that she's going to like get through it pretty easily. But when she's actually at the hospital, it kind of hits her because like the nurse is forcing her to put on the scrubs or whatever, or the hospital gown. And like, she's kind of imagining like what it's going to be like when she loses her hair. So she kind of has a breakdown and calls Eli. And just as she's calling him, asking him to come, he appears and says that he got the first flight that he could as soon as he heard the news. So now that her boyfriend, Eli, is there with her, she has the strength to kind of start her treatment. She kind of does a bit of treatment, but she starts feeling insecure when her hair starts coming out while she's making out with Eli in the hospital bed. She also makes a friend in like her like group therapy with other cancer patients at the hospital. And her friend tells her that like her boyfriend was also all in at first, but like after like so much time in the hospital and like all the bad things, the boyfriend left her. And so Claire kind of starts getting worried that the same thing is going to happen to Eli. And Eli is also kind of walking on eggshells around her. Like, for example, he gives a list to Adam about like what things to talk about, what things to not talk about when around Claire. So just kind of not treating her like a person anymore as much. So she shaves her head and gets a wig and kind of has the talk with Eli about like, you have to stop treating me like a cancer patient. And like, Eli just reassures her that like, I'm sorry, everything will be fine, blah, blah, blah. At the same time, she's also worried that they're doing an MRI or something to see if the initial treatment is like doing anything to the cancer. And she also has a small freak out when like her cancer friend dies. (laughs) What's her name? I think her name was Paula. Like she has one scene and then like she just dies. So, okay. Wait, so before you keep going, I cannot pronounce the name of this cancer. It is a, it's like rhabdomyosarcoma is my guess. And the survival rate is from 50 to 70%. So like her friend dying, which they said of the same cancer is like not unreasonable. I don't know if that's the correct word. Unrealistic, I guess. But yeah, no, they really gave her one scene and then we're like, done. Yeah. <laughs> What, what is it cancer of? Like, what does that mean? It's in the muscle and like tissue, but it's mostly in like children and adolescents. That's when it happens. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, I don't, that's really about it. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like the type of cancer really had no effect on her. Which is insane because the survival rate is not. 
it's a half it seems so uh-huh. but whatever yeah so like when she's worried about this whole like mri coming back she's like i want to have a fun day so she gets drew to help her escape from the hospital for the day to go to the summer camp and she like plays with the kids but then one of the kids sneezes on her and she's like you bratty kid i am sick and that's when she realizes that she is truly sick and that she endangered herself and that she needs to start taking this more seriously when she gets back to the hospital, the results from the MRI come back good. And she's like, I'm going to fight this. I am going to beat cancer's ass. And then the very next episode, she is in remission. <laughs> well, I, I don't think it's the very next episode, but the next time we actually check in with her about it. So Claire goes into remission basically just as Adam dies. So she feels very guilty that she survived while Adam did not. She is kind of going through that during the whole memorial episode. Eli comforts her through it, but she kind of gets over it when they go to the bonfire to kind of memorialize Adam. And that's pretty much it for the cancer stuff. Pretty much there is one more plot that actually relates to the fact that Claire had cancer, which is after the whole summer arc. And that is when Claire gets a chance to write an article for like this famous magazine in Toronto or something. But she has been very forgetful recently like going into senior year she has like not been on top of her game like she usually has and kind of her task for the magazine is to write an article about zoe as like the resident celebrity at degrassi so she like goes to a tenor party to like interview the people there to like get what's the tea about zoe she doesn't really get anything useful so she ends up making a story instead and she just kind of enhances the lie for a little bit But at the same time, she also discovers that her forgetfulness is due to this thing called chemo brain, which is basically the chemotherapy affecting how she's able to function. Ton of stuff happens. She embarrasses herself, blah, blah, blah. But she ultimately comes clean about lying and like is like, oh, I had cancer and I really wanted to accomplish this one thing since like I've been beaten down so much lately. And the magazine lady is like, you beat cancer. That's something to be proud of. Claire resolves to then kind of overcome her chemo brain and resolves to apply to Columbia as she always planned to by writing her admissions essay about beating cancer. That's pretty much all we ever hear about Claire having cancer until later, (laughs) where it's a small detail that's affecting something much bigger, but we'll we'll get there. (laughs) It's just like a memory until then. Yes. Okay, so... I don't know. I don't want to be like, what was the point? But like, what was the point? No, exactly. That's exactly it. It's like the story itself was fine, but it wasn't anything special. What did I say this about? Oh, I said this about Allie's abusive boyfriend. It was like, we've seen it before, you know? So yeah. And she's like, she's a lead character. We know she's not going to die they just killed Adam off. I think that kind of even offset it. Like if you did think she wasn't going to make it, well, we just took care of one of them. So we're not going to take out two main characters in like one minute. The funny thing about that is that there were like spoilers before the season was airing that the cast had filmed a funeral. So like people knew that somebody was going to die. But then they didn't even have like a real funeral in it. Well, there was the scene at the church, right? Oh, was that what they were showing? Yeah. And I guess with, oh, I'm sure they showed Eli there and like, okay. 
I guess the theories at the time were like, Claire has cancer and there's a funeral coming up. It has to be Claire. But I think people also kind of realized that it was going to be Adam because like Bianca was there, for instance. Yeah. So that was just kind of pre-season theorizing happening at the time. But you're right. Like they were never going to kill Claire. That was never going to be a possibility. No. And like, I mean, I guess it's, I mean, obviously like people get cancer, right? Like it's a realistic thing. And we've already seen it. We've seen it with Snake, you know, when he did it. We saw it with Spinner. Even though we didn't really see, like, the hospital or, like, the treatment part of it. But we saw the, like, how are you going about your, like, life kind of. Whereas, like, here it was just, like, we were in the hospital. I don't know if they, like, rented a hospital. Like, and they were, like, we got to use this a lot. Like, (laughs) because we were there with Claire and then we were there with Adam. I just feel like I would have liked it more if Claire was like in Paris or if she was like working at the camp like this was just something that I was like I don't really feel like connected or like bad I guess I don't I don't know I didn't know it just didn't do it for me yeah like they didn't really explain why she had to be an inpatient at the hospital like I don't know if that's like a required thing for this type of cancer but like snake and spinner didn't need that for example yeah that's the thing too it's like when I look back I am never like oh remember when like Spinner had cancer like yeah some people are like oh he had ball cancer but then you like move on where it's like I think it's kind of just a running like oh remember when Claire had cancer because it was just like such a ridiculous concept because it's like why are we giving cancer to like the biggest character on Degrassi like obviously nothing is bad is going to happen to them right and I think the other problem is that everything with the cancer is front-loaded at the beginning of the season and then like I just kind of joked about it's not a factor in the season at all for the rest of the season after the chemo brain episode yeah because she doesn't even like wear wigs anymore after a certain point like she rocks the short haircut but it's like if you skipped the first six episodes of the season you would have no idea that she had had cancer except for that newsroom really scene Mm -hmm. or not the newsroom scene but like where they're like you beat cancer and she's like yeah but like otherwise it's kind of like we're just moving on yeah I guess kind of I did the math but I just counted episodes but it's it's actually kind of interesting because more episodes are actually devoted to Claire's cancer than either Snake or Spinner's cancer really In terms of episodes where Claire's cancer is a focus, there are seven of them. And I think for Snake and Spike, it's like three or four. So Claire actually has more time devoted to her cancer. But I think the difference is that Snake and Spinner, their cancer is kind of what they're doing for that whole season. So it's like their character arc for that season, whenever it happened, is that this character has cancer and they're working through it. But Claire, it's like, okay, she goes through cancer the first couple episodes of the season. And then after that, she's onto relationship drama. Yes. And I think the other thing is, is that like, even though her cancer is apparently like worse technically than Spinner and Snake's cancer was, because like they were living at home. So that's what I'm going based off of. She never really like presented sick. Like not saying that she should have, like this is like a, this is like a weird picky thing for me but it just like I would look at her and I'm like you are wearing a bald cap like it just like was not being sold as like 
this girl has cancer and like a lot of it is just she was like I'm going to die I'm going to die I'm going to die and I'm like I don't know what like is this supposed to be entertaining I'm like this is not like I don't get it I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing while watching this right we don't really see really how it affects her I think that's kind of what I'm getting at not to be like rude be like she didn't look sick but like yeah yeah it's just like they're they're telling us that like oh Claire is insecure about Eli but I guess we could talk more about Eli in a bit because I have some thoughts but (laughs) we don't really see how it affects her like there's really just the one episode with the chemo brain and even that doesn't affect her outside of that one episode and then for example you would think that it would affect her relationships with like her family or more with Eli than it really does but there's just none of that like I know a common complaint is that like how is Claire going through cancer and Darcy doesn't come back and like I I've always been like yes that would have been nice but like there's no way Sinead Grimes is going to come back at this point so um, I wasn't expecting her to I do think not having Jake was a little weird just because Jake had just graduated in season 12 so I thought it was a little weird that like he wasn't a factor at all in this Mm -hmm. but it's just Claire's in the hospital and she goes through cancer for like a month or two and she's cured and it's it's just a thing that happened rather than something that affected her as a person. Yes, I think that's the best way to put it. You know what it is? I really just don't feel like it was the realistic thing that they wanted it to be. Like, sure, she had friends, she had friends coming in and out all the time, which is like definitely not how that works. Where was her dad or her stepdad? Like there was just no no other family came besides just her mom. Like uh-huh. we don't even see the impact of this on her mom. Like, there's just, you're right, there's, you don't see it affecting anybody else. And even, like, Eli, which, again, we're going to get into, I don't know. Well, just, just, like, comparing this to, like, Snake and to Spinner. Like, we see how Snake's cancer really affected Emma, for example, and how she was kind of going through it, and she, like, got into a fight with Alex because of it, and, like, she was also going through, like, breaking up with Sean at that point, so, like, she was kind of going through a hard time. Then Spinner had the whole thing where like he was being a dick to Jimmy and then he was worried he wasn't going to be able to graduate because of it. So I guess Snake, it would be like a focus on how it affected his relationships. Spinner, not so much the relationships, but more how it affected him. With Claire, we don't really see either. Because like I was thinking specifically with the chemo brain thing. One, I didn't know that chemo brain was a thing until I saw this episode for the first time so it was kind of cool to like kind of learn about it and know that it was a thing but given that Claire is a huge overachiever I would have thought that this whole chemo brain thing and kind of not being as sharp as she used to be would be a really good opportunity to really dive into how that affects her view of herself and kind of force her to acknowledge how she has changed because of the cancer or just changed like when she was like this perky smart ninth grader for instance yeah that's the thing though they couldn't because they didn't make they didn't give her anything to change with like she was the exact same person walking in that she was walking out right so I thought the chemo brain would have been a really cool like I guess character study of Claire just to kind of look at the before and after of at least the cancer part of it all but the whole chemo brain episode isn't really about how she is forgetting things it's about 
how she's just lying her way through this whole magazine situation, which does not have to do much with like losing your memory or being forgetful. <laughs> it that was, is very true. And then, and then like her memory isn't an issue for the rest of the season. So it's like, did she even really have chemo brain or was she just having an off week because like she didn't sleep enough? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> true though. Yeah, I just feel like they did not give this whole cancer thing the attention that it needed to really be a fully fleshed out plot. By giving the time to it, they didn't really develop Claire as they should have by giving her such a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Because really, in the context of Claire's whole character, her cancer only has the purpose of having her keep her baby when she's pregnant. That's that's it. Oh, because she like technically shouldn't have been able to get pregnant kind of thing? Yeah, like the whole thing in season 14 is like she wants to have an abortion, but she finds out that because she has cancer, it's very unlikely that she'll get pregnant again. So she's like, I'm going to keep it. And then it doesn't even make it though because she had cancer, right? I don't think that's why the baby miscarries. I thought that was why. I think it was just like a freak miscarriage that happens sometimes. Oh, I was going to say it would make more sense if that also caused her not to be able to have the baby in the end. Maybe. Because then at least they can use it as like a an out. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they said it when that happened. But Claire having cancer is the thing that happens. And the only impact it has on Claire's character is that it causes her to decide to have a baby. <laughs> and that's <laughs> not even in this season. Yeah, it's not even in this season. And there are many other issues with the pregnancy storyline with Claire that we will get to eventually. Like, this is just one of them, is, I guess, yeah. what I'm trying to make. It's, like, Claire's cancer, the only purpose of it isn't to, like, have her reevaluate her life or anything or, like, show how being so sick could kind of affect your outlook on yourself or whatever. Yep. The only purpose it served was to justify why Claire keeps her baby, which is just so stupid to me. Oh, and they probably didn't even think about knocking her up yet at this point. They might have, because she ends the season pregnant. Oh, I didn't... Why don't I remember? Did I not? Maybe because I haven't watched that far yet, I guess. <laughs> I don't even know. All right, well, never mind then. But what, you think they gave her cancer just so that she could be like, I'm going to keep this baby? Why couldn't they just be like, I'm religious, I'm not getting an abortion? Which she is. That wouldn't even be that far oh, off. We'll, we'll, t- we'll talk about that when we get to the pregnancy. But, <laughs> so I think... Season 13, I think, went through many iterations when they were initially writing it. And they kind of backed themselves into a corner by, in the finale of season 12, they gave Claire the lump on her back. So they're like, we can't just do nothing with that. So they're like, okay, we have to do the cancer storyline because we set it up. But then while they were doing that, they were like, well, we have a 40 episode season. We can't have Claire have cancer for 40 fucking episodes. So that's why they just like, finished it early on they went on to other things that they were more interested in yeah I think that's probably what happened behind the scenes that they were just like they had too many ideas that they set up mm-hmm. and then we're like oh shit how do we do all these things and they then tried to do all those things and it didn't work <laughs> is it classic Degrassi maybe perhaps <laughs> okay let's get into Eli okay I don't know it didn't like feel like him but I guess because 
they weren't focusing on him and he's trying to be a more mature like older person now that he's not in high school I kind of liked him being around though like it was nice to give her someone supportive because like if he wasn't there who would she have had because Allie and Jenna are away like Drew and Adam come by but they're like working you know well I think that could have been a good way to like maybe show how that isolation was affecting her perhaps yeah but they can't take Eli out of the show people love him exactly (laughs) but like you are right that it doesn't feel like Eli it kind of feels like with this whole season really Eli kind of takes the role of Claire's boyfriend rather than the role of Eli yeah I agree with that it's kind of how I was thinking of it because like yes it's Monroe Chambers playing a character but it doesn't feel like the same Eli that we've known for the past three seasons before this no and like this Eli would never he would never cheat on Claire either which I know we're gonna talk about but like it just his actions don't add up and like I understand that they're trying to be like well when you go away to college like you become a different person but it would have made more sense if they tied it into him spending his entire summer with his girlfriend who has cancer. It's exhausting. Like it is, it does take a toll on you. Like that was a lot for him, I'm sure, but we don't actually know. Right. But at the same time, he spends the whole summer with her, taking care of her. And they have the whole thing where like Claire's feeling insecure around him and like he reassures her that he loves her. Yeah. I feel like that's something that would enhance their relationship and like bring them closer together but yeah like instead he's just kind of like the concerned boyfriend kind of instructing people how to act around her when like Eli and Claire have been through so much at this point that I feel like that is not something that Eli would do like telling (laughs) Adam like don't say this this and this around her that sounds like Eli just introduced to the show maybe like pre-meds Eli pre-meds Eli would like manipulate people into like being nice to her or something or giving her gifts yeah yeah but it sounds like he's like paranoid like worried that people are gonna fuck up like giving people lists him being a hug proxy which is like the most awkward thing ever between him and Allie they were like we're not doing that again Oh, I, um, I just love how, how much Allie hates Eli. <laughs> I know, it's, it's so obvious. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I didn't mind that he was there, though. I'll yeah, like yeah. I didn't mind that he was there. It just wasn't Eli that was there. <laughs> no, he also is looking like a lot less goth and stuff. He just kind of looks like a regular guy who's just hanging out. Well, that was kind of the case in season 12, too. Like, he's been out of his goth era for a while now. But it just, like, stood out more, I think, because he just, like, wasn't himself either. Yeah, yeah, that's true. At least that's, I don't know, that's my opinion. Yeah, like, he has no agency as a character himself. He's, again, he's just Claire's boyfriend. He's not an actual character. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, it kind of makes sense, I guess, because he technically didn't go away until the end of the summer. So, like, great that he could be around, but... I do, I do kind of wish that we explored like how him being there for her maybe affected him. Yeah. But we don't get that. Yeah. And this is more of an Adam thing, but 
the fact that Adam's death is like not really a thing for Eli when literally just before like probably in the timeline it's only a couple months before he was dealing with how Cam's death was like such a huge deal for him nope Adam's I mean we'll we'll talk about Adam's death yeah (laughs) many issues there as well there's just it just does not seem like this season started off making any sense it just is like so strange like it's just a strange dramatic start to a season right and again I think part of that was like they had set up Claire's cancer so they're like we have to do that Adam's actress wanted to leave so they had to write Adam out somehow so they just had to kind of front load a ton of things to make the rest of the season work and I do think the season does work for the most part after this whole set of episodes it's it still has its problems like we've talked about in in the past couple episodes but I think they just had a hard job ahead of them because of all the changes that were happening going from season 12 to 13. Yes. But yeah, Claire's cancer, it's like, it was, it was fine. But in the context of Claire's character, in the context of just the season as a whole, it's just like, yeah, it, it happened. I think the, the way that they did it by having the cancer at the beginning of the season is why there wasn't as much of a connection because like for Spinner and Snake I feel like we were kind of already into the season a little bit Mm -hmm. when they get cancer so we see the build-up we're like oh there's some symptoms like here's the doctor's appointments like here's what happens and then like here's the aftermath where it's like with her we start boom like she got diagnosed she's in the hospital like all within the same time and it didn't give us any time to like reconnect with her as a character yeah and I think maybe that's why it's just like is a plot that's so like oh my god why are we doing this again like I get that cancer is is a problem for sure but like where do they want to go with this like is this a PSA like it's not like is this supposed to bring awareness like it doesn't like it just it's kind of like, why are you doing such a dramatic thing, but don't follow through and have like no outcome for it? Yeah, because I don't think cancer is even curable in a summer <laughs> in like any case. No, that's what's even more ridiculous. You're so right. Like, there's no way that it could have been in like two months. Like, OK, good now. Right. And like she's living in a hospital for two whole months and like that's just I don't know maybe Canada does it differently and then she also lost her friend who we met for five seconds but like she lost this red wig friend and then she lost Adam so it's like that has no effect on her like what is going on here apparently not anything else for her I think we're kind of wrapping it up but anything else for her besides the fact that it was a garbage plot (laughs) um well I guess I would say that like this is the start of where like they started doing too much with Claire oh yeah this is definitely that is true like yes Claire has had many traumatic things happen to her before this like you had the whole like Fitz knife thing Eli crashing his hearse dating their stepbrother she was sexually harassed right like she's already had various 
bad things happen to her, but they all seemed in the realm of possibility. Like I would, I would believe that those various things can happen to one person. But when it gets to the point where she has cancer and then her boyfriend cheats on her and then she's pregnant and then she has a miscarriage, it's like, it's at that point where it's like, I cannot suspend my disbelief about this anymore. And it's just kind of absurd that all of these terrible things are happening to one single person. Yes, it's like pick someone else. Like we gave Allie such a shit plot when like, honestly, she could have had the miscarriage and it would have been believable. Sure. (laughs) At least more believable than Claire having one or going through all that shit. Sure, yeah. (laughs) What, you don't think so? Well, I I don't wanna say believable necessarily because like it could theoretically happen to anybody. But well, yeah, but I feel like for Allie specifically, when she's had all these like boy issues, like it just like would make sense for her character. Jenna's already been pregnant, so she's out. Well, Allie also had the pregnancy scare a while ago. Yeah, so it's another one, right? Like, <laughs> uh, so dumb. Okay, let's just goodbye, Claire. We're done. Yeah, done with it. I'm calling well, it. We'll we'll be back to her next time. Oh, we will. She's got a lot lot going on. Okay, Adam. So season 10 to 12 summary for Adam. Adam is transgender and he goes through lots of shit because of that. That's basically the summary. (laughs) But I guess more recently, he got together with Becky. Becky being from a very religious conservative family. And At first, Becky was willing to date him, but then she kind of had a freak out thinking that Adam was a girl, but then she kind of came around. They got back together when she is like, no, you are a boy, even if my family says otherwise. And yeah, so at this point, Adam and Becky, good power couple. But to start the season, Adam and Imogen kind of befriend each other. Like Imogen has just broken up with Fiona at the end of season 12. And Imogen is trying to like make some new friends to kind of get over it. And Becky, she's from Florida. So she's going back to Florida for the summer. And so when Becky finds out that Adam and Imogen will be working at this camp thing together, Imogen also came on to Adam at some point. So Becky kind of tells Adam, like, stay away from Imogen. Like, I don't trust her. Like, I trust you, but I do not trust Imogen to like behave herself around you. And Adam initially kind of tries to honor that. But of course, they are like co-counselors of the same group and they're kind of forced to interact with each other. But Adam kind of gives her the cold shoulder and then Imogen is mean back because of that. Eventually, like Drew, who's the head of the camp for some reason, uh, (laughs) forces them to like talk things through. And Imogen is just like, oh, I just want to be friends, blah, blah, blah. And then Adam was like, well, I guess we could be secret friends and not tell Becky because she's away. (laughs) That's why I hate men. (laughs) (laughs) So they're like, we're going to be friends. We'll be co-camp counselors. It'll be fine. But very soon after this, Adam gets jealous when he is FaceTiming Becky and like a really hot muscular guy comes in and is like, hey, Bex, like where you got pizza that just came in or something. And Adam gets very jealous of this and he kind of goes crazy worrying about like all the things that Becky is doing with this guy. 
eventually he ends up hacking Becky's face range account to send this guy a message telling him to stay away, which Imogen tells him is a terrible idea. And it is a terrible idea because Becky finds out about it and is like, why the fuck did you do this? And Becky is like, I need space. Like we're going on a break. And while they're on a break, Adam like feels terrible. He can't stop thinking about her. He's like, I want to get back together, but she refuses to like take his calls or whatever. And then Dallas encourages him to flirt with Imogen, who clearly likes him. And so like they're on like an overnight camp trip in the woods and Adam and Imogen sneak off to go make out in the van. But pretty much as soon as they start making out, he feels incredibly guilty. He feels that he cheated on Becky and he needs to talk to her immediately. So he takes the camp van in the middle of the night to try and contact Becky as soon as he can. But of course, there's no service. So he's on his phone while driving, like trying to find some bars. And then as he is texting Becky, he has a collision with a tree and he ends up in critical condition. He has to have surgery and such while Adam is in the hospital. Drew kind of tries to stay busy at the camp, even though he's incredibly worried. He has like all the campers make Adam get well soon cards, just kind of the calm before the storm, essentially. And Drew and Dallas are setting up Adam's hospital room with like all these cards when the Torres parents come in with very somber faces and you know that Adam did not survive the surgery. The whole family is devastated. Everybody is devastated that Adam has died. Everybody is kind of grieving Adam at the funeral, especially Drew and Becky. Like Drew feels like it's his fault. Becky feels like it's her fault. Drew actually like starts blaming Becky for his death because He's like, oh, if you two weren't together, he would still be alive, blah, blah, blah. Becky's trying to make sense of it in the context of like her being religious and things like that. Drew doesn't really know how to move on. He like is trying to distract himself and not think about it, but he can't. Becky decides to set up a bonfire to kind of celebrate Adam's life. She's worried that nobody's going to come because it's her who's hosting it. But eventually a ton of people come. Eli and Claire make a really nice tribute video. Becky like has this really nice scene where she's like talking to a chair with like Adam's picture on it and she's like I love you Adam Torres and then Drew also has a scene with the chair where he says that he will never say goodbye because Adam will always be in his heart and so we'll stop there but we're we're also going to talk about the two storylines that are kind of the aftermath of Adam's death. Okay so (laughs) I'm reading your notes and you have so many thoughts on Adam's death and I know you do so I guess let's start obviously before he dies with him and Becky and that he's just he's just a jealous guy and he does stupid stuff and like it just ends their relationship because why would you ever think to log on to somebody's like face range or whatever and lie and say that you're them and think oh nothing's gonna happen even though Imogen literally was like this is exactly how this is gonna go and everybody ignored her what a joke yeah the whole setup with the whole jealousy was just kind of stupid because it felt like everybody was out of character really because Imogen was trying to steal Adam away like she was blatantly flirting with him in front of Becky 
then she's like, oh no, I was just trying to be friends because I'm sad over Fiona. It's like, no, you weren't. You were literally like batting your eyes. I think Imogen made the point that like her family is so accepting when Becky's family isn't. So it's mm. like, Imogen is clearly making moves on him when I don't really think that's really in character for Imogen for one thing. And then Becky is like so controlling. She's like, don't, don't ever talk to Imogen. I don't think Becky is that toxic of a girlfriend. And then I don't think Adam is so stupid that he would do the face range thing. It's like, everybody was just like being so out of character. It was so contrived. I was like, I don't even know who these characters are right now. Yeah. So the Imogen thing, I think other than the fact that like, yeah, she just got out of a relationship. Like, is she a boyfriend stealer? I don't know. There was that weird Eli stuff. Debatable on that one, I guess. You were together at that point. I know, but like, come on yeah um so there's that but also the fact that like adam is kind of like fiona's ex in a way so that's a little strange too that it's like you want to go after your ex's ex like what is the point of this is there no one else in the school that you're interested in and i get it's like the summer you know the summer's supposed to be like oh it's the summer we're gonna make dumb decisions and like whatever but i mean becky had every right to be jealous like i think that she just genuinely didn't think oh what if someone else was into Adam so then when she like realized it it kind of makes sense that she kind of like got controlling in my opinion okay so I could see Imogen wanting to be friends with Adam one because they were in that that band together whisper hug they they already kind of have like that friendly at least they like know each other and they've interacted with each other before but the other part is that I think they're the only LGBT characters in their grade. Yeah, which so. I guess in a way it also kind of makes sense because then Degrassi doesn't have to be like, we're going through this whole thing again where a girl thought she was straight, but she's not. Or is she? We don't know because Adam is transgender. So let's make this a whole like dramatic thing again. Like they don't have to do that because we already know that Imogen is whatever Imogen is. But they needed. Becky and Adam to break up so that Adam would die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, here, here's how I imagine how one in the writer's room. We want to do a texting and driving plot and we need someone to die to like show how big of an issue this is. So we need a reason for somebody to text and drive. Oh, Adam and Becky are broken up and Adam really needs to message her. How do we break Adam and Becky up through this super stupid contrived situation? <laughs> Like, I don't know why they couldn't do literally anything else. <laughs> I don't think, like, when Adam is like, oh, I need to go, like, message Becky because I just kissed Imogen and I feel bad about it. I don't think that is such an urgent thing that you need to message her right then and there. Well, what's even weirder is that, like, he grabs the keys when it's daylight, but he crashes the car when it's dark. So I don't even know... Did he leave right then? Did he wait until nighttime to leave when nobody would know? Like, I don't really know how that went. But I do think that if they planned on keeping Adam and they didn't want him and Becky to be together, fine. Like, I would take it. Like, it makes sense. Like, Becky breaking up with him over the fact that he is not trusting. Like, I get it. Even though they, like, really fought for this relationship. Like, Adam did show this like insane side to him and it's like 
how do you know that this isn't going to happen again? Right. Like I could see that at face value, but I don't think it's in character for Adam to do that. Like Adam has always been very mature. He's always been very level-headed, like with everything. Like when, when Dave was like shitting on him for being trans, it was like, he, he really took that in stride. Like it was a very stressful situation. Like he was very mature about the whole thing. And even with Becky's, like the whole Becky thing in season 12, I remember there's one scene where he gets really angry, but he's always like stood up for himself and really been able to look at the bigger picture of a situation and make a good decision based on that. But he is in his first relationship and you do stupid stuff when you're in in a relationship right like you can be like oh I treat people equally like I am like a great person I'm a member of whatever but then you're in a relationship and you get jealous like it's a completely different part of someone in my opinion because like we see all the time like people are like I never would have thought this person would be abusive they're so great like they're so kind they're so blah 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 not saying he's abusive but I'm trying to like say that people act differently in relationships than they do in like real life And I think this is just, this could be one of those. Like, we don't know how he is in relationships. I could see it a little bit just because when he was having a thing with Fiona, he was kind of enabling her alcoholism. Yeah. When when that was happening. Oh, yeah, he totally was. That was so garbage. I forgot about that. So, like, I, I can see it, but... I don't know. I feel like Becky and Adam have had good conversation, good communication prior to this. Yes, but it didn't have to do with like other people entering their relationship. It had to do with like their parents and like the real world. But then now it's like, oh, someone has an interest in you. I don't know how I'm going to react because it's not like somebody doesn't want to be with you because of your sexual orientation now it's like oh someone wants to be with you and now I'm jealous like I think it makes sense in the in the fact that this is a high school relationship and both of them have not experienced jealousy because they've literally been just fighting for their relationship up until this point and now that it's like good it's like oh here's Imogen like if I was Becky I would also be pissed I'd be like who does she think she is and why is Adam like playing into this like come on I guess the same way like Becky's playing into the Todd shit like come on you can't even deny that she's in all the photos like he's eating the pizza that Adam sent over and they're messaging and like obviously Adam feels insecure it's not like he's never hinted at it like she's ignoring it so they're both being not great in their relationship in this moment yes but I guess my point is that it doesn't make sense for them to be stupid in the you have to you have to like take out the fact that like they've had to like deal with a lot of real world stuff and like now this is a very much high school relationship and like things are gonna happen like this and I don't think Adam would be that level-headed for fighting for so long for somebody that he liked and like now somebody else is coming in he wouldn't be like I'm not worried like no problems here like come on he's still still a guy still jealous I don't know (laughs) all right whatever that's my take on it like because it's like otherwise you can't be like this isn't him until he dies like you gotta play along with it a little bit I just feel like they could have done it differently like maybe 
I could maybe see how maybe getting hung up on the whole, I'm going to hack her face range and she's never going to know because like they literally call out how stupid it was and then it happens. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, I mean that he just didn't listen because his boys were backing him up. That's why. I just don't know how anybody could ever think that was a good idea. Maybe I'm getting a little hung up on that. I was going to say, I know plenty of people who quote unquote catfished on AIM. What? So I know people who did that when I was in high school. Like it is not far-fetched that people are like, oh, what if I do this? Like, yeah, it's going to happen because they're dumb. Was AIM still a thing in high school? Or I guess middle school, but Facebook, <laughs> come on. You know, people made fake Facebooks. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> we can't pretend like Adam wouldn't go to the lanes. Like hacking into her account, totally a boyfriend jealousy thing. I don't like it though. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't like it either, but she's also like, she was also a little weird too about the image and thing. So it kind of evens itself out. But what proves that they're like a little bit smarter than this is the fact that both of them wanted to get back together. Like they both weren't ready for the relationship to end. Like if you read her texts to him and his text to her, like, you could tell that they were just like, this was stupid. Like, I want to be back together. And then he dies. Yes. <laughs> and so, okay. The details of like the leading up to his death, whatever. I think they're stupid, but <laughs> Adam's death. So I'm just going to preface this by saying, I think Adam dying is the worst decision Degrassi has ever made. It was done so poorly that it's like, how could it <laughs> be good? But even outside of like the details of Adam's death, it's the fact that Adam is a bigger character than himself just because of the representation that he is for the show and for really television in general. Well, my question is, did his actress say how she wanted Adam to die? No. Okay, because I know that um, JT's actor wanted it to be super dramatic, right? Like, he wanted to go out with a bang, from what I remember seeing in, like, interviews and stuff. So I wonder if she also was like, hey, I want this, like, dramatic thing, maybe. No. I think they, they wanted to do the texting with driving storyline, and then Adam's actress, Jordan Tadosi, wanted to leave, so they're like, okay, this is, it fits, right? hmm And... I don't want to fault Jordan Tardosi too much because I don't think you should feel obligated to stay in a show that you don't want to be on. And also she did express during her time on the show that playing a boy for so many years really started kind of taking a toll on her, like having to kind of keep her hair short, even in her personal life, because she was playing Adam and having to dress and play as a boy when she's not a boy. So I am sympathetic with her wanting to leave the show, Mm -hmm. but Again, Adam being the only trans character on the show and really the first main teenager transgender character on television in general. Like Adam is such an important character that I think it's just irresponsible to have killed him off because of how important he is. What did you think that they should have done instead? I think they should have just written him off like they did with like Sean or Casey like not started the season with him and like made up some lie or something no I think they should have had like a send-off episode like I don't think they should have just black holed him because that wouldn't even make sense because Drew's still around okay but I think they they could have just done like an episode or two 
that are like, oh, Adam like got into college early or something. So he's leaving, you know? Okay. I mean, I, I get it from that sense where like he was a very important character to Degrassi, but it's not like he died in an unfair way, I guess. Like he wasn't attacked by anybody. Like I'm kind of glad that they didn't make his death a transgender thing though. Yes, I agree with that because that would have been traumatic. Yes. So I I really feel like it must fall back on the actress at this point because like if JT was allowed to say how he was going and he was a major character, like I feel like they must have asked and was like, how would you prefer to leave the show, right? Like they wouldn't just be like, fine, we're, you're dead. Well, I think I've mentioned this before that I think it fits that since Dave also left the show at the same exact time, that I think their initial plan was probably for Dave to die. Texas oh yeah, you did say that before. So I think that was probably their initial plan, like in the early stages of planning the season. Mm-hmm. But when they found out that Jordan Tedosi wanted to leave, I think Adam is a more important character than Dave because of what he represents and because he's also related to Drew who was going to continue to be on the show so they kind of had to write him off whereas I don't think they did it well but they black holed Dave right yeah they were able to do that with Dave because at that point he had broken up with Allie I, I think it was a bad decision to black hole him but I think it is more acceptable to black hole Dave than it is to black hole Adam so they just kind of gave Adam the texting and driving, black holed Dave instead, because yeah. they wanted him gone anyway. So yeah, that's just how I think things went down. Yeah. No, I'm, I feel like that's, that's pretty fair. Yeah, like, like we just discussed, I think killing him off was just set up kind of poorly. And as we'll talk about in a little bit, it doesn't really have much impact on the season moving forward, similar to Claire's cancer. It's like, it's a thing that happens. People deal with it for an episode or two, and then it's not a thing afterwards. So I think it's a similar issue to Claire's cancer in that sense. Yes, because there's no memorials. Do they acknowledge him when they graduate? I feel like they do, right? Yeah, they do. They do. So it's kind of the sense of like, it happens. It was a freak accident. We watched Drew kind of have like the impact, but like, even as good friends, it doesn't even seem like they care. Right. But also, like, I don't know how long you're supposed to expect people to care either. Like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I don't know. Because, like, Claire did have the cancer going on at the same time. So, like, even though her friend died, like, she was focusing on herself. And, like, Eli doesn't go to the school anymore. So we don't really see him dealing with anything, even though they're best friends. And, like, Becky, I feel like Drew and Becky are the ones to watch for it. And even they don't really, like, Drew has the pills and stuff. But Becky, they don't really show too much after yeah. that. Yeah, because especially with Becky, Becky has her boyfriend die. And then she has all the family shit that she's going through. And her family is very important to her. Becky essentially lost the two most important people in her life, essentially. And I do think they do pretty good by Becky at least with regards to the family part. But I don't think they do too well with her with grieving Adam, necessarily. 
but now that now that we're talking about it i feel like it makes sense that they killed him off because there weren't that many people around that would have been affected by it like there's imogen who like barely knew him right there's becky who was his girlfriend but they broke up whatever there's drew and there's claire like there's nobody else around that like like even jenna and connor and Allie were like we weren't really friends with adam like like what do we do now you know so it does kind of make sense to kill him off because dave's not around there wasn't an impact because a lot of the people who were his friends graduated so like now what you know i kind of i kind of well, get it now that we're like talking it through well but you have claire and drew and yeah drew deals with it a little bit but claire doesn't at all well that's what i say like claire had the cancer so like they could be like oh she's busy dealing with herself so like naturally she's not it's not gonna be as impactful which like is not far-fetched to be honest like it's sad to say but like there are some people who do not grieve because they're like i have a lot of other stuff going on just gotta keep going you know it was an accident i went to the funeral like we're moving on i don't know i just feel like from a writing perspective and character building it's not a good decision maybe if you make that point but that's not really a point that they make with regards to Claire. Like Claire just has the like, oh, I feel bad because I survived and he didn't. And Eli gives her a hug and she feels better about it. <laughs> so Yeah. And then like, even at, at the like thing that Becky throws him, she's like, I don't want to make this about me, but I'm going to make this about me. And then everybody's like, yay, like we're so happy you're alive. And like, that's it. I don't know. It like kind of makes sense now that I think about it. Adam doesn't really have many other people around besides the three that would be impacted and Claire's just not and like Becky kind of is for like a hot second and Drew they do like a semi okay job and then we move on. Did he deserve more? Probably. Like it wasn't even sad. It was not even sad at that episode to be honest. I was thinking about kind of the impact of learning about JT's death which I think was very well done compared yes. to Adam's death. And I think the difference is that JT dies in the same episode where the accident happens. And we pretty much find out he dies right after it happens. But yeah. for Adam, he crashes his car at the end of an episode. And then you go through the whole next episode where he's in surgery. And then he dies at the end of that episode. So there's kind of like a whole episode in between the accident and when he actually dies and in that episode you have other things going on to focus on so I feel like the impact of of like actually finding out about his death is minimized because you have that space in between yeah they tried to do the like he might live he might live and then like he doesn't yeah I do think the memorial episode was well done though the one where they like go to the park and stuff yeah, I thought the emotions in that episode were really great, especially for Becky and Drew. Yeah, Drew was rough to watch. Yeah. That was that was a rough one. And like, yeah, that's why I will give, like, Drew did grieve for a lot longer than everybody, which he should have because it was his brother. But I think that he did a really good job. Like, his actor did a really good job. Yes. While we could, like, argue about, like, the writing of it, I do think... Degrassi always does a great job that like when emotional beats are needed they really hit it out of the park I feel like that's always been a strong point yes that is absolutely true I will give you that That that's a great point yeah because like in my opinion Adam's death has done the worst out of 
like the three main deaths, like Adam, JT, and Cam. And part of that is because Adam's death is delayed, like I just mentioned. It was hinted at, like people knew that it could possibly happen. What do you mean? Like, didn't you say like in commercials and stuff, like people were like, someone's going to die. Oh, I don't think it was commercials. It was like pictures from the set leaked. Oh, I thought you meant like previews as in like commercials. No, it was like things from the actual filming of the episode were leaked. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I think my my point mostly for Adam's death is that it wasn't super impactful in my opinion. I don't know if it's also because it's at the beginning of a season. So like we haven't seen him as much this season. So like, again, the connection thing, it's like usually if you are building the connection with a character for half the season and then they die, it's going to be a lot more impactful than like them dying within the first few episodes of the season. And then the season going on for another 25 episodes or not even probably 30 more episodes. Right. Like JT's death was kind of, built up throughout the season I think he died like right in the middle Mm -hmm. and like we talked about how JT's death wasn't really set up too well either (laughs) so kind of similar to Adam in this sense but yeah I just I just think they for one thing they never should have killed off Adam in my opinion but Mm -hmm. given that like they made the decision to do it I think they could have made it work better than it did like just showing how it impacted the like drew claire and becky more than they did because like even even other things that happen in the season like drew and becky getting together you would think that that would be because they get closer together because they're both grieving adam but no it's completely unrelated to anything about adam with drew and becky getting together which just doesn't make any sense and what's even crazier is that drew watches the video on the day of the memorial where Adam is like, don't steal my girl, Drew. Right? And I'm like, what? Is that like a, do we know that this is going to happen? Is that rude? Like, what the heck? And back to your point that you said that like, you liked how Adam died, not because of a trans related thing. Yeah. I believe, I I think it was Stefan Brogren, who's Mr. Simpson. He made that point when he was talking about it, when the episode first aired, that like, Adam died not because he was trans, but because he is a flawed human or something like that. And like, yes, that's that's fine. But again, like, I just think the representation of Adam is more important than really anything else that they really wanted to say through him. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm also trying to decide if like I wasn't impacted as much because like I liked Adam as a character, but he wasn't a character that I was like emotionally connected to. And I think it was just because like, the only things they gave him were like transgender plots and like that's fine like I it was completely necessary but I was like oh how can I relate to Adam like I think it definitely grew more with like him and Becky's relationship because I love a good relationship but then after that I was like I don't know like I just wasn't super connected to Adam I didn't feel a certain way like but I also had such a soft spot for JT that I have like no idea if that's why. And Cam too. It's like, come on, how can you not love a sad little ice skating boy? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I w- I've always been a big Adam fan. And like, I know you have. <laughs> it, it's true that like, yes, all of his plots are about him being transgender pretty much up until these jealousy plots. Mm-hmm. But I, I still think despite that, 
he's kind of similar to Marco where like even though all his plots are kind of about one issue one those plots are necessary to tell but he's also around in episodes outside of that context like he was in the band he's Eli's friend so he's kind of a supporting character for Eli he's a supporting character for Drew so he's like always around he has a really great personality honestly I think Adam is kind of the next generation of JT in terms of being like the silly guy and kind of class clowny yeah and I think I think my thing is too is that when JT died and when Cam died I had someone to look at and be like, how are they going to grieve? How is this going to impact them? And then when it didn't really impact Drew past a few episodes, it's kind of like, if it didn't stick around, like it wasn't that important. Like Maya, we see is affected all the way through. Her character is like all the way through affected. Liberty, like not too much, but it does come up every once in a while. So like, you know, they had a baby together. So it's like, obviously you're like, how, how is this going to impact the rest of their high school career? Drew, I watch it and then it's done. It's like, that's how it's not. We're just going to keep going. Because even, even Claire and Drew getting together, that would not have happened if Adam was still around. I mean, you'd like to hope not. At least Adam would have tried to smack some sense into Claire. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I guess the last thing I want to say, I think I've mentioned this before, but how I kind of view the deaths on Degrassi is that JT is an analog to Adam's death. Like their deaths are kind of similar. And then Rick, his death is kind of an analog to Cam. Yeah. Okay. They're kind of the next generation. Not that like Cam and Rick were similar in any way, but how kind of both characters for Rick and Cam were kind of brought onto the show for kind of a single purpose and a very important purpose but kind of a single purpose like Rick the school shooting Cam the suicide thing but then JT and Adam were long-running characters that we've grown to know and love over the years and their death has a more emotional impact because of having known the character for so long Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how I kind of conceptualize the deaths on Degrassi over time. So do you think we're owed or should be expecting a girl death anytime soon? Does Claire's friend not count? (laughs) Oh my god. If that's it, then that whatever. I don't know. I wouldn't hope that there would be any deaths in the reboot right away. (laughs) I mean, you'd like to hope, but like we saw the first episode of Degrassi Next Generation, how that started. Like, I feel like we could just go anywhere and just run with it. I guess so. But I think at the same time, the reason why JT and Adam's death are so impactful is because you watch them over seasons. And if you're watching the episodes while they air, it's over several years. Yeah. So I think killing a character off like in season one is not going to have the same impact as like getting to know and see a character over a long period of time. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to move on into Drew since we were kind of talking about him a little bit? Yeah. So we're just going to close off with the two small storylines that actually deal with the impact of Adam's death on other people, which we've been complaining about, or at least I. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the first one is with Drew. 
where it's the beginning of the school year right after Adam's death. And Drew, as the president, like kind of tries to throw himself into the role of president to essentially keep his mind off of thinking about Adam. But he can't really sleep. Like he hasn't been sleeping well. So he like had sleeping pills from like his doctor because of this, but he eventually runs out. So he ends up getting some from Zoe, which we talked about last time. She's kind of trying to up her popularity at Degrassi. So she kind of sets her sights on Drew. And since Drew needs pills, Zoe gets them for him. While Drew is high on sleeping pills, I think he initially, what would you call it? Pill calling? <laughs> sleep sleep calling? I don't know. Yeah. He initially does it to Bianca, but then he kind of moves on to accidentally doing it to Zoe, thinking that it's Bianca in his drug-induced mind. He also ends up like ordering tons of supplies for a dance by accident. I don't know how you do that, but it happened. Um, <laughs> and essentially, he's taking the sleeping pills so that he could sleep because he can't sleep because of Adam. He is trying to throw this school dance because the other option was like a texting and driving assembly, which he doesn't want to do because it would remind him of Adam. And then at the dance, he is like high on the pills and he makes a fool of himself. He like jumps into a kiddie pool and Claire ends up comforting him it makes him kind of realize that he's fucked up because of Adam. And that's pretty much all we see of Drew <laughs> dealing with Adam's death after the memorial. The other plot is with Imogen and Becky, where Imogen starts this whole Degrassi TV thing where she gets to interview students around the school or whatever. And she is interviewing people to be like a co-anchor. And Becky auditions. She says she's been trying to keep busy because of Adam. But Imogen does not want to work with Becky because Becky does not know that the reason that Adam was so anxious to call her was because he had made out with Imogen right beforehand. So Imogen does not really want to have that conversation with Becky. So she ends up hiring Winston instead. But Becky is like, I really want to be a part of this. Like, I really want to have something to like put my mind on instead of Adam. So Imogen lets her like work backstage or whatever. But Becky then starts asking about why did Adam want to talk to me so badly? And Imogen isn't really sure what to do. She's talking to Drew about it. She's like, it's going to be a whole mess. But she ultimately ends up just telling Becky that Adam really missed her and that he just really wanted to hear her voice. And she officially hires Becky to be the co-anchor for Degrassi TV. Technically not a lie. <laughs> it was, though. <laughs> it was a little fib. It was a half-truth. <laughs> okay. Let's start with Drew, I guess. Yeah. The sleeping pill thing is not uncommon. Like, I definitely know that that's kind of one of, the, like, the first things that happens when there's like a trauma death if like drew is seeing a therapist or if like drew seeing a doctor for him to like not be able to sleep because he's so traumatized like yeah it makes sense that he would get sleeping pills i don't understand why he just didn't find a different one that like didn't cause this to happen because it's very strange like very strange i feel like him and zoe could have been introduced without any of this and I just like, I don't, I don't know. 
This feels very gang to me. What do you mean? Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> like, what? how realistic is this? Okay, so yes, the fact that like Drew is like calling people in the middle of the night while he's high on pills, that was definitely silly. But mm-hmm. I do think that it kind of fits with Drew's character that he is kind of ignoring his feelings. Because I was thinking about actually the gang stuff because like right after the gang stuff, he dumps Bianca because he's like so traumatized by like having kind of sort of killed somebody. So he like dumps Bianca because he doesn't want to think about it. That's when he starts labeling Bianca as like bad news Bianca and like stay away from her, right? Yeah. Like Drew has done something like this before when something traumatizing has happened to him. So I do think it fits his character that he is kind of doing this. And I do like the resolution where like Claire's comforting him like, I, I I guess I will say that this episode is fine, other than, like, the silliness of Drew calling Zoe sexy over the phone, <laughs> but... But also, there's no solution. The issue is, is that he is not sleeping because he is so upset that his brother died. So we are going to do nothing about right. it. Like, we're not going to be like, hey, go to therapy. Hey, talk to someone. Hey, like maybe we can try out some melatonin instead like we're just gonna we're just gonna ignore it which I guess makes sense in the character aspect but like there's no solution to this ridiculous plot yeah that's so why did we do it I just like is it just to introduce Zoe and Drew I guess so because like the thing is after this like yes there's no resolution but it also doesn't become the case that Drew starts talking about Adam more his whole thing was like, I don't want to talk about Adam because it will upset me and it's not helping me sleep. And then he talks through like, oh, maybe I should like talk about it so that I could kind of get over it. But he doesn't talk about it ever again after this, really. He mentions it to Becky, I think, towards the end of the season. But like, that's it. Adam is a non-factor in Drew's character really after this. Except for when he tries to blame it on the fact that he slept with a 15-year-old. Oh, right. That happens, too. He's like, I'm having a rough year. And his mom's like, shut the fuck up. You slept with a minor. Right. Like, don't blame Adam for that. Right. So, but even that, I feel like they could have tied Drew being self-destructive in that way to Adam. But they don't. Yeah. They could have done a lot of things. So... Yeah, it's just the fact that, like, especially he gets dumped by Bianca, the other most important person in Drew's life. So within the course of, like, Adam dying, and then, like, two months later, Bianca dumps him. So he's lost his two most important support systems. Yep. And, he, and, like, he's just fine after that? I don't know. <laughs> no, what he does is he rebounds with Zoe instead and pretends he's fine. And then he rebounds with Claire immediately after. There's just so many rebounds in such a short amount of time. We'll, we'll get there next time. <laughs> but yeah, for this short episode that we're doing, because next episode is going to be so long, I'm already predicting it. Like not much happens related to Adam and Drew, besides the fact that Drew pulls off an incredible like memorial episode, very sad, cries a lot, like very upsetting, pills, strange, and then that's it. Yep. 
So let's move in. Do you want to move on to the other characters that are also not impacted that strongly by <laughs> Yeah, let's finish this episode. All right. I like that there's kind of starting to build Imogen and Becky's friendship, though, because I like their friendship. I think it's cute. Yes, I completely agree. Imogen and Becky are a great friendship. But the fact that Becky never finds out what happened kind of taints it to me. So here's here's how I look at it. Would Imogen telling Becky be doing something that Becky, like that will be benefiting Becky or is it just making Imogen feel less guilty? Because I don't think that it would be something that Becky needs to know. Adam unfortunately passed away like her and Adam were technically broken up. Like, let's play that card. Like they were broken up for that short amount of time. Like, would it make Becky feel any better? No. Like, what would be the purpose just for Imogen to feel good about herself? That like, it's like, oh, off my shoulders. Like, I don't feel bad anymore. Like it's making Adam look bad and the kid's dead. He can't even defend himself, you know? I think that Imogen made the right decision. I don't think telling Becky would have it would not have done any good. There's no good that would have come out of it. If anything, it would have made Adam's death worse. And would you rat on a friend that can't even defend himself? Well, I don't think it's really ratting him out. It is because they were broken up. If he had cheated on her, it would be different. But he didn't cheat. So it's kind of like at that point, why are you telling? Well, I think part of it is Becky blames herself for his death. Well, Drew claims that it's Becky's fault, but then, like, obviously he's like, it's not your fault. Right. But, like, I feel like even if you could acknowledge that it's not your fault, there's still always going to be the voice in your head that, like, what what could I have done differently to change what happened? Yes. And, like, technically it's still kind of like it like is I guess if you want to look at it like that like Adam making out with Imogen doesn't change the fact that like Becky ended things with him sure okay let's say why should Imogen tell Becky just so Becky knows the whole story of how Adam's death happened okay because as of right now she just thinks that they broke up and he just wanted to get into contact with her to get back together Right. Which is pretty much what it was anyway, except it was just sped up by the fact that Adam kissed Imogen and then decided, or even though he'd still wanted to get back together with her, like, I think that this could have happened even if Imogen and Adam didn't hook up. But then Adam wouldn't have needed to message her so urgently. I feel like he probably would have anyway. I just don't like why would tell it like, it's not like it's the right thing to do. There's no moral dilemma on this one. Well, I think there is just a little bit with the fact that Imogen and Becky become such good friends. And it's like, I kissed your boyfriend. They weren't boyfriend and girlfriend. Well, so what? It's, they still had feelings for each other, obviously. Well, Adam wouldn't have hooked up with her. Like, it's kind of on him. Like, she, he was single. Imogen didn't do anything wrong in that moment. Right. So why would telling Becky be a good thing? It just makes Adam look bad. And Adam's dead. So make him look bad because he's dead. (laughs) 
<laughs> Why would you want to do that to your friend who just died in an accident? Well, Jasmine, I, I'm telling you right I, now, I would be pissed if you told me if that that happened. Okay, what if, what if I told you I made out with your dead boyfriend? Well, we would have to not be friends first because they weren't friends. She didn't owe her anything. But now that they are friends, wouldn't that be something you would want me to tell you? No. No? No. <laughs> There's a line of honesty. There's a line. It's not, I don't think in this case it's lying. Because technically she does say like, he really missed you. And like, that was the case. It wasn't like Adam felt like Adam, like if she were to be like Adam kissed another girl and then realized that he liked you. Like then Becky would be like, who is it? Like, why would they do that? And then it's like, great, they just ruined their friendship. I don't think she needs to know. But don't you think it would probably come out at some point? No. Who like, knows besides Adam, Imogen, and Drew? So what I was thinking was like, Drew and Dallas, no. Because Dallas was the person encouraging Adam to go make out with her. Yes, okay. So I was like, Drew and Dallas, like they're all going to be hanging out. They're going to be drunk in their 20s. And they're going to be like, yo, Imogen, remember that one time you made out with Adam right before he died? Ha ha ha. And then it's like, oh shit, Becky didn't know that. Um, I would hope that they know by right now that Becky doesn't know that. I think they know Becky doesn't know that. Right. But I'm just saying like, I feel like it will come out at some point, assuming that they all remain connected with each other. And then maybe at that point, it won't be as impactful because Imogen and Becky have been friends for so long. But at the same time, it's like, we've been friends for so long and you, and you never told me this? I don't think that she should tell. I don't think that there's any benefit in telling. It's only to make her not feel bad if she says something. And that's not a good reason to tell someone. It's not like Becky's current boyfriend is cheating on her. Okay, I, I agree with she shouldn't tell just because she feels bad about doing it I think it's just like honesty is the best policy like like you should know the entire chronology of what happened because it was clearly traumatizing for everybody involved but was it because Becky got over it pretty quick <laughs> well that's that's on the writing not on Becky <laughs> I don't think we're gonna agree to this to be honest I knew that we were gonna have this fight about it but I I think there are some things after when somebody dies that you don't need to know. And I think that that is just how it's going to go. Like you want to keep the person the way they are. Like, if, you know, in the future when everybody's dead, you want to deal with it after that. Like, sure. But I just don't think that there's any point in Becky knowing. I don't think that ruining this potential one friend that she has, like, it's like, now what, you know? And like Imogen wouldn't have done it if they were friends. You'd like to think. Yes. But I don't think that Becky would be as forgiving as you'd like to think she would be. Forgiving towards Imogen? Yeah. I don't think they would be friends after that if Imogen told her. Right. So I feel like why ruin that friendship over something that like... But then the friendship is built on a lie. It's not a lie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that the friendship is built on a lie. I do not think so. I think if Becky ever was like, did Adam hook up with someone while we were broken up for that five minutes and Imogen said no, then that's a lie. I don't know. I just, I just think with something that important, 
Adam's death, not the making out, was something that important. I feel like when people are like blaming themselves for things that they shouldn't be, I just think being honest about like, this is the chronology of like the things that happened that led up to this event so that you know the full context of what happened so that all cards on, are on the table and we could just go from there. But you don't think that she would feel less guilty? I think she'd feel more guilty because she's like, if I didn't break up with him, then he wouldn't have hooked up with Imogen and none of this would have happened. Sure. So well, I think even if she knew, it would still be worse actually. Because now not only was it she was thinking, oh, I, we broke up and then he wanted to like talk to me. Now it's like, oh, we broke up. He hooked up with someone else. And then it was like, I still love Becky. I need to talk to her right now. So like technically it's kind of still her fault if you want to put it in that sense. Like it's not clearing anything up. If anything, now she thinks that the guy that, that loved her, like if you want to say cheat on her, cheat on her. I don't know. I just like, I would like to think that nobody would tell me that. Like if, if my boyfriend died <laughs> and someone came up to me and said, do you remember when you broke up for 20 minutes? Yeah, I hooked up with him. I would be like, why would you tell me that? <laughs> be like, do you feel better? Because like, I don't. If anything, I feel worse now. I feel like I would just want to know, personally. Okay, you would want to know, but she's not asking those questions. She's not saying, did he cheat on me? She's like, asking you... what happened. Yes. But would you want to know if your boyfriend who's dead cheated on you? I don't know, Jasper. We're not agreeing. It's never going to happen. We're going to spend 20 minutes talking about this for no reason. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah, we could just disagree. Fine. <laughs> I was going to change my mind. So, how, how do you feel, I guess, about it's the same thing as Drew, that it's like, this is the only episode where either Imogen or Becky deal with Adam's death, and it's not really a factor after that, which, again, is kind of disappointing. I do think it was kind of interesting how Imogen's qualm in this episode was not the fact that she was feeling guilty that, like, her making out with Adam led to his death. She was feeling guilty about whether or not to tell Becky. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting, because I would have thought Imogen would have felt a little guilty about it well they were broken up and she had wanted to hook up with adam while he was in a relationship so why would she feel any guilty if they had like broken up and they hooked well up just guilty him? that like i made out with him and he felt so bad about it that he fucking died well does she know that's the reason she made out with him and that night he got into the car crash yeah but why would she make that connection that it's her fault because it happened right after they made out. Yeah, but she doesn't know that's why he decided to go and do that. Does she? Well, isn't that what she was considering telling Becky? She was considering telling Becky that they made out. Yeah, and then, and then she says like, oh, what am I going to tell her? That I made out with him. Then he felt so bad that he went to talk to her about it. And then he fucking died. Yeah. I think it makes sense kind of why that was what she was more worried about because it's kind of like Becky's feelings are now important to her because they're friends. Yes. So I don't know. I feel like that's, that makes sense. It's not like she's not going to be friends with Becky because of it. Like, it seems like she genuinely likes her and apparently in Degrassi, like you just move on right away. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
I think that it is still kind of a good lesson that there's sometimes there's just you'd keep it to yourself I really believe it I genuinely believe that that was the right call I disagree but we're not gonna go back there <laughs> maybe we should put it on the Twitter I'm gonna put it on there right now I'm gonna see do you think people are gonna know what I'm talking about if I say should Imogen have told Becky oh wait I'll just say should Imogen have told Becky that she kissed Dad? yeah that's fine okay but yeah, back to like Imogen didn't feel guilty that in a roundabout way, her kissing Adam led to his death. I thought it was like, that was kind of symptomatic of how Imogen in seasons 13 and 14 doesn't need to be there. <laughs> yeah, I feel like she could have gotten killed off and it would have been like, yeah, like it didn't even she didn't really add much I like her though like I she's fun but yeah I, I like Imogen but her being held back after season 12 didn't do anything to like further develop her character yeah like she's pretty much just like the quirky supporting character for other people essentially she's like the Winston yeah and like I think the main reason that she was continued on the show was because she was the only LGBT female character remaining. So they just wanted to keep her on for kind of having the token lesbian character, not that Imogen is a lesbian, but the female character who will be in relationships with other females, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, because then Lola comes in and then that's it. Lola? Wait, no, ignore me. I don't know what I was saying. You mean Jack? yes sorry I was like <laughs> I do not know why I said that they're both four letter names <laughs> that could be it maybe but yeah I wanted to just mention this now just because we have a lot of work for our next episode so I was like Imogen being in this season like what does she do she's just kind of the third person in Adam and Becky's relationship and then she does various other random things throughout the season so it's like why is she around she's just like a c character now yeah which is really disappointing because like the whole thing with her dad in season 12 was really compelling and they just don't ever talk about that ever yeah she never really moved up as a character no but you can't have a million main characters in season 13 we already have so many yes too many Claire is all the flaws but yeah that is all I have yeah me too I think we we did it all for part one which is insane because that almost took us two hours so I don't even know how long tomorrow is gonna be or the next part yeah well maybe we could what's the word breeze through some of the things like Imogen's dress code and her non-relationship with jack it's true i'm fine with just being like that happened let's keep going yeah but yeah so we got rid of all the stupid things in this group of characters there are other stupid things that will happen next time but they're slightly less stupid <laughs> in my opinion yeah no i totally agree so yeah rest in peace adam love you man nice bffs and thank you for listening and we'll see you soon